literally butterflies to record. <laughs> Welcome shy. back. It's been what three weeks? Yeah, almost a month. It's been a long time. Welcome to the Full Bloom Podcast, where we talk about whatever the fuck we want, and, and you're, you're invited. invited. <laughs> so we're smoking our herbal cigarette. Rolled up. The mood is pink lighting and candles, and love and month. a chocolate stout, Ugh. and love month, and a turmeric tea. Yeah, and chewits. <laughs> <laughs> and chewits. So. Happy Love Month, everybody. Mm-hmm. Happy February. Happy Aquarius season. Yes, we're Happy... days away from Valentine's Day. Yeah, Valentine's Day is on Sunday. Where, well, do we call it Galentine's Day or is that cheesy? <laughs> it's oh, I feel cheesy. like it's cheesy. I, like, <laughs> I really hate it. I like, I like just like Love Month energy the uh-huh. whole month. Because I feel like people don't like February because it's cold. Mm-hmm. But it's actually so... It's cozy. Precious. It's cozy. It can be snuggly and cozy, yeah, and that's the exactly. vibes for Love Month. Yeah. Exactly. So, what day of your cycle are you on? I'm on day 22, which... Wasn't I? No, I was on like day 28 last time. So according to my app, I'm getting my period in six days. And yeah, I don't know. Same kind of vibe. Feeling tired, but because I didn't get like a ton of sleep last night, but generally like energized. I think just doing this together really like brings me energy too. Yeah. So that... Yeah, I'm not really feeling like any specific type of way about my body, just kind of mm-hmm. in it. Yeah. What about you? I just farted. <laughs> my stink, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that was so good. I really love that you whispered it too. <laughs> like, they won't hear. <laughs> They'll totally hear. It's fine, guys. <laughs> Um, yeah, last time I was on day 20 of my cycle, but then weirdly the very next day I got my period, which was not expected. We both did, yeah. We, I swear, doing the podcast has singed us out. Yeah. <laughs> Learned us in a weird so, way. So, what day are Aligned we on? Day 22? Posies. <laughs> oh my god, we should share that on the Instagram. Yes, Name yes. your posy. Name your pussy. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, I'm on day 22. And honestly, like... You see better drives. Today I'm really energized. I thought I was going to be exhausted by today because I worked all week. But I'm super energized. I think I just had a good day. And doing this brings me energy. Mm -hmm. But yeah, over the past like three weeks, there was definitely like... When we did that photo shoot, I was, like, definitely fucking feeling so sexual and, like, mm-hmm. just loving every inch of my body. And Taylor and I did an impromptu shoot. Yeah. My men's underwear Taylor. modeling. <laughs> oh, my God. It was great. Just, like, embodying herself, like, on the counter, in the kitchen, in the living room. And I feel like I got to see you embody this, like... Like, exactly who, like, when I think about your future as a movement guide or therapist or however you see that unfolding, I think of that kind of imagery of you just, like, fiercely moving, but also, like, unapologetically, of course, and, like, engaging with the camera in this really, like, kind of how you were talking about Lita earlier being very, like, gracious and like confident but like soft at the same yeah. time like it was like fierceness with like a soft edge that was like approachable and like this safe person that you are to just be like 
let it out. But it doesn't have to be so scary that it's like something that's filled with joy. Mm-hmm. You know what was cool? I sent Anna those pictures and she was like, I'm digging the androgyny. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. I loved that she said that because it was funny. It was like a couple days after we had that conversation about pronouns and like Mm. imposter syndrome surrounding pronouns. And she said that without me even telling her that conversation. And I felt like that was really affirming for me Mm, because I was kind of feeling that way when I looked at the photos. Like some were super feminine, but others really weren't. And there was like, I was really liking this walking the line of gender that I often like think about recently it was really cool um anyways we did this really awesome photo shoot and then we had a dance party which was so fun we We really got into it we put the mirror down on the couch so we could see ourselves and just like mutually basking in the deep understanding that we are both so beautiful and like seeing that in one another. I was going to say, yeah, I think it's so beautiful in a friendship when you don't have to tell each other, but like, I know that you think I'm beautiful and you know that I think you're beautiful and like, we don't need to say it really. We're just so like encouraging of each other and it's Mm. fucking cute. That creates this space for these beautiful moments where you're just like up in the mirror, really getting into your shoulders, looking yeah. at yourself, giving yourself these smoldering eyes. And I was like doing my thing in the Behind background. Yeah, it like, was so yeah. good. Oh, and like, it. yeah, being inspired by one another's movements and just. Yeah, love month. Love month in friendship. Yes. That's the celebrating theme. friendship, That's female friendships. That is what we're mm. on, and we're here for partnership. We love romance, we love romantic intimacy. Oh, we love romance in this house, yeah. <laughs> and we're gonna get all into that, into the nitty gritty of it. We have a lot to talk about. A lot of ground. The other day, we were having coffee in Emma's bed at like 9 a.m., and we ended up talking for two hours about like gender and sexuality <laughs> and like what the fuck we were taught as children and how to oh my god so much to get into um we're gonna talk about different relationships and how love shows up for us Mm -hmm. so emma how does love show up for you what is your venus (laughs) (laughs) you're such a game show voice when you ask that what is your Venus? <laughs> okay, let me try it again. What's your Venus? <laughs> I hated that. I hated that so much. What's your Venus? Wait, give it to me in your, like, customer service voice. Okay, guys. So, like, Emma, what's your Venus? What's it going to be tonight? It's <laughs> diner energy. But I'm yeah, that was it. weird. It. What's it going to be? Order up. <laughs> what's your Venus? What's your Venus? Okay. What's your Venus? My Venus is in Capricorn. Let's explain what your Venus is. Right. Your Venus is which astrological sign that the planet Venus was in when you were born, according to your birth chart, i.e. time, date, place of birth. So if you look at your birth chart, it shows you every single planet with all these different symbols, breaks it down. So when I was born... On February 18th, 1995, in Calgary, Alberta, at 1017 in the morning, Mm. Venus was in Capricorn. What does that mean? That? You know what? What does that mean? I've been thinking about, because we've been talking about how we wanted to do this on What's Your Venus, and that's been, like, one of the harder aspects of my chart to understand. Mm. Like, I mean, they're all, like sometimes confusing for sure but understanding so again and your venus is basically what how you give and receive love or Mm -hmm. how you not just love but basically how you like form relationships i think as well so yeah that being in capricorn i've had some people like break it down for me in different ways well the first time i ever felt seen with it was i think a tweet and it was capricorn and venus means 
stress me the fuck out so I know it's real. Mm. Oh my God, <laughs> that's good. And I saw that and was like, oh God, okay. Like, but felt, you know, I think there's a lot of those like kind of like one dimensional memes about astrology where you're like, oh, like, okay. And then I feel like I have to like cling on to that. Yeah. Um, but then I remember someone else describing it to me as having a lot of like expectations for yourself and for others in terms of romance and I don't know if that's super universal but I definitely struggle with that um but you know still when I talk about it I don't I don't really know how it shows up because I feel like Capricorn is a sign that's always seemed very foreign to me and very like hard-edged and very sturdy and all these characteristics of like the the ram of being like hard and very strong and more way I think way more masculine mm. but then when I do think about sometimes the way that I am in like partnerships um like one thing about Capricorn I also remember about reading is like you don't seem to really care about love and that's so not true on like a like physical way like oh my god I'm obsessed with love I'm like bubbling over but sometimes like in moments where like it's really come comes down to like the nitty-gritty of like sharing intimacy with someone I have like a fork in the road where I can either like go there and it's like really frightening but pays off or I have this like I can be really like stoic and just Mm -hmm. like it's easy for me not to go there I think that could be like the airy Aquarius in me too but yeah, a hard one to kind of like understand, I think, but maybe it's also me kind of toying with not seeing anything that seems more masculine as a threat mm. and trying to like embrace that. I feel like I've been taught for so long and like found some sort of solace for a while in seeing masculinity as just like a threat and I like, you know, clung on to that. But letting that kind of like flow through my body sounds quite nice. Yeah. Capricorn, yeah, sometimes I feel like it gets a bad rep. But I yeah, feel it like it's like boring, right? Yeah, but it's not. Like my yeah. longest relationship and like deepest love is Capricorn. Mm. And that's Capricorn's son? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, which is interesting because yeah, like you see when you hear Capricorn, you're like, oh, okay, like, right. <laughs> but there's a lot of good. There's a lot of like steadiness and stability mm-hmm. and loyalty, and there's a lot of depth. It's just kind of hard to. It needs safety. I feel, mm, and totally. maybe I see how that shows up for you. You're a very safe person, mm-hmm. but you also are able to like step back. And not give that part of you sometimes. Yeah. And I feel like that's, it's a good quality. It means you're good with boundaries. And Capricorns oh. are good with fucking boundaries. Thank you so much for never failing to, like, show me something that I see as a fault in, like, myself. And being like, actually, it's totally not. And, like, mm. flipping that. Because you're so right. Like, I'm seeing this way of me potentially being, like, a little disconnected as like just a negative thing I guess but then you're like no it means you maybe have like better boundaries or like you're able to disconnect if it's not serving you and that's I like that yeah (laughs) I mean yeah we love boundaries in this house we We love them we struggle with them sometimes everybody does but we love the idea of them love the idea of boundaries (laughs) we love boundaries yeah I think it's a very powerful sign and there's a lot of good. There's a lot of good in all signs. It's just yes. seeing that. Yes. Mm-hmm. What's your Venus? Uh, my Venus. <laughs> my Venus is honestly like, and my Venus is something I've only come to understand very recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been the most affirming Oh yes, I love when you talk situation about situation <laughs> for me to rec- to understand what that means. So yeah, when I was when I was born, 
um, Venus was in Gemini. So my Venus is in Gemini. And for a, a lot of time, I didn't understand myself in terms of how I give and receive love, how I form relationships, how I'm able to have them. I never understood it. And it was a site of a lot of fucking shame because I guess for a long time, like I've known that I am, how am I going to word this? Mm -hmm. Um, basically Gemini, my Venus being in Gemini means that like, I'm able to like compartmentalize, Mm -hmm. um, And I need constant stimulation and constant change. And ever since I can remember, I've always known that I am never satisfied ever (laughs) in love. I'm, yeah, I'm, we are raised in a monogamously minded world where it's like, if you're in a relationship with someone, if you like someone, if you start dating them, even from a young age, you're only talking, like even in high school, you're only talking to that person. If you're talking to someone else, then you're like being shady or you're cheating or you're being a slut or whatever it is. And I've always kind of known that I like having more than one connection. And even if I'm in something with someone and I'm really enjoying it, I always have had this other part of me that's like still searching for more, still open to others. Like no matter how much I'm in love with my current partner, I'm I'm still open to other things and I like that. And in that, I find more joy in my relationship with my partner. And for a long time, I felt a lot of shame around that because you know, there's shame around non-monogamy. There's shame around being unfaithful or disloyal to your partner. And of course, that's not something that I praise or encourage as Mm -hmm. um, dishonesty. But anyway, yeah, I felt a lot of shame for a long time around like trying to navigate having relationships and feeling like a good partner, but also knowing that something I need is the lack of ownership. Mm. Like I don't feel that love for me is something that can be owned by someone else. Like I cannot be just someone's, I can't be someone's like property. I need to be able to go and do my thing and talk to who I want to talk to and have connections and like seek pleasure if I want and have that not be so wrong But for a really, really long time, I didn't know how to navigate that. And it was really hard to figure out what that meant for me. Like for a long time, I was literally like deeply felt to my core that I was just like incapable of romantic relationships. I was unlovable. I was never going to get married or settle down. I was forever going to be alone because I couldn't commit to one person even though I have in the past and I've been loyal to partners there's always this part of me that's seeking so it's taken me a really long time to get to this point where I've accepted in myself that it's okay Mm. it doesn't have to be a site of shame it can just be something I accept and celebrate about myself like being in love with someone for me has nothing to do with oneness or not oneness as in like the two of us are one but like oneness in terms of singular partnership because there's no jealousy for me like I have never had a problem because a lot of people are always like well yeah but like if can you imagine like what Like if you, if your partner was talking to someone else or hooking up with someone else, like can you imagine if you found out like how you would feel? And I just don't feel any type of way towards it. Like there's no jealousy for me. And I also grappled with that for a long time because I was like, what the fuck? Why don't I feel jealousy? Like that's fucked up. Everybody else talks about how they're so jealous or they think their partner's texting someone or they think their partner is interested in someone else and this and that. And like, 
in my partnerships that I've had, if my partner thinks someone's hot, I'm like, yeah, they're fucking hot. You know, like there's none of none of what they think about other people to me has anything to do with me or us. Like if my partner were to like be sexually attracted to someone else or interested in someone else, I I have never had that experience and taken it personally. Mm. Because I think when I'm with someone and I'm deeply in love with someone or have been in the past, I don't feel like it has anything to do with them if I'm interested in someone else or like flirting or like feeling flirtatious or anyway. My Venus in Gemini has allowed me to accept the polyamorous part of myself and recognize Mm -hmm. that a polyamorous mind is just as valid as a monogamous mind and find they're not mutually exclusive no they're not mutually exclusive you can be in a monogamous relationship you and still feel like a poly person Mm. you can be in a monogamous relationship with this knowledge about yourself and feel satisfied and fulfilled but I feel like you have to be honest and with yourself and with your partner about expressing your needs this is a constant renegotiation right well it is because being in a partnership with someone means like understanding one another's needs and accepting that Um, And so if you're with someone that isn't at all able or doesn't think that they're able or willing to be in that sort of situation, then it's like, okay, well, then where does that leave us? And usually in the past, that has left me basically being like, okay, well, I can't argue that. Like, because it feels taboo to be like, would you be interested in like being open or like, how would that feel for you? And right away, the person's like, no, I'm not interested. And I feel like, because I'm asking this like ridiculous crazy thing Mm. that I just have to be okay with being like okay yeah you're right like I'll just like Mm. I'll just like swallow that but I I've started to realize that it shrinks me just as much for me to swallow that and accept that as it would shrink them to be in a situation where they're not comfortable so it's allowed me to understand that as just like a part of me as opposed to something that's wrong with me or something Mm. that I'm lacking or something that I need to hide. The more I understand it, the more I talk about it, the more I feel strength and pride there, Mm. which is hot. It's so hot to be like, no, like, This has nothing to do with how much I love this person or how much I love love itself. It doesn't make me unlovable. If anything, it gives me more possibility in my mind because I'll be able to form relationships that I'm happy in and comfortable in and satisfied in being myself. And, you know, partially trying to remove, I don't know that you can fully remove ego but removing a lot of the ego from love and partnership and relationships. And furthermore, overall, you're coming at it from this, like, beautiful position of abundance. Yeah. Being like, I am enough, and I have enough, and I want more, and I get more, and I seek more, and that's okay because Mm. there is an abundant amount available to me, Mm. like, bubbling over with love rather than coming at it as we love to talk about from a place of fear and scarcity and being like oh if this person loves someone else it means they don't love me yeah it's not a subtraction from them yeah that's a big part of it is like it doesn't subtract from anything because it's not it's not a finite amount it's not a finite amount and it's not taking away from mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess there it's a nitty-gritty situ it's a nitty-gritty situation to think about and talk about because there's so many differing opinions about this because we're raised to believe that monogamy is the default. And like anything else that you ask for or that you search for is taboo and you're just like a freak and you're like kinky because you want to have threesomes and like that's what people hear when you say poly they're just like Mm. oh you must be just like having orgies all the time and it's like no not at all 
I literally... I just have a lot of love to give. Yeah, I have a lot of love <laughs> to give, and I don't like to feel like I am possessed by someone. Mm. I'm free. I want to feel like I'm free to do what I want to do when mm. I want to do it. And if there's a spicy moment that comes up and I want to have sex with someone, I don't want to have to say no. Mm-hmm. So that's what my Venus means to me. It means that I give love in a free way that doesn't react well to confinement. Mm. Yeah. That was such a good spiel. Was it? I feel like it was so no, rambly. Was I feel like great. I can't think of anything right now. So <laughs> there were so many times I was like wanting to like yeah. be like, yes, and this. And then I was like, no, just like let her do her fucking yeah, thing. Yeah, somehow get that out. I feel like I'm just finding myself in more and more spaces, I guess, just because that's what I'm putting out. So that's what I'm attracting now. As I step into this part mm-hmm. of me, I'm like finding myself in more spaces in which this is in, like invited and encouraged to discuss. And that feels really good because it makes me feel seen in the way that like astrology can make you feel seen. All of these things that we do are tools to feel seen. And what is wrong with that? Like when people take up issue with utilizing different ways to feel seen it's like are you okay like, yeah. are you good like what's why can't we do this yeah like, exactly in us learning about how we give and receive love and that's another thing people talk about love languages and i love that mm-hmm. love language is a conversation these days because mm-hmm. it's so nice to be able to recognize that if you're with someone and you're not getting what you need from them it's no one's fault mm. and maybe sometimes it is lots of times sure it is but a lot of the time there's just a disconnect mm-hmm. and this conversation, people coming to understand. Are you thinking, Lord? Fuck? <laughs> <laughs> it's just a fucking disconnect. It's literally Lord just about Farquaad. to be like, It's crazy how cute. What, what are you fucking saying? You know, it's, it's crazy. shocking. Shocking. <laughs> it's shocking how, how important communication, communication can be. Can be. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like sometimes when there's a disconnect, it's not really anyone's fault. It's just difference in love language, difference in like giving and receiving love and forming relationships. And I love the conversation that's kind of starting to stir up around this being fucking okay. Mm. It's okay if my love language is physical touch and your love language is words of affirmation or whatever it may be as long as we acknowledge that in one another and do our best to give that. I've like never felt super connected to love languages. Okay. What's your feeling about this? Well, I think I just maybe just don't know what mine is. Mm. Which is like a whole kettle of fish. Kettle of fish. <laughs> <laughs> find a way to get that into every episode yeah you're going to (laughs) um yeah something that's actually coming up for me right now is like even just witnessing you kind of like moving through this conversation with a lot of ease like I'm I'm finding I'm actually like struggling to not relate I'm relating to everything you're saying but to like speak because I feel Mm. like there's still so much in terms of me coming like understanding how I give and receive love and what that can look like there's still like so much to explore and like Mm -hmm. so much to uncover which is so exciting definitely I'm feeling like hmm which card am I feeling (laughs) like the ace of wands in terms of like say like like dive in like go for it like say yes like being at the beginning of a journey but also like a bit of like the naivety of the fool and kind of being like a little like oh my god like what am I getting myself into Mm -hmm. like and this is all in terms of you know knowing that discussions about like polyamory and queerness and all of this exploration is like lighting my soul on fire in like a Mm. really exciting way like giving me so much energy but is also like 
creating a lump in my throat and like giving me like the butterflies feeling or just like a a general state of freezing because it's I like literally feel like a bit of like a shell release in terms of I know exactly where home is I know exactly where comfort and safety is and I know exactly like who that looks like and I know exactly what that feels like um but then I also know what like newness and like me as the butterfly looks like and and diving into all of that and all of these topics that we are wanting to discuss just being it's that I I know that it's on the other side and I feel like I'm on the cusp yeah I really relate to that I feel like this feeling of like safety and security and like something that I've always known and felt comfortable and confident in versus what I know is in me and I'm just Mm -hmm. like I feel like I'm it's like this is gonna be kind of like graphic but I feel like it's it's reminding me of like when you're feeling nauseous and you're trying to get yourself to puke Mm. and you like you know it's in you you know it needs to come out but the Mm. process of like sticking your fingers down your throat is fucking painful and uncomfortable and kind of gross shout out to lauren shahawi for teaching me how to make myself throw up a couple weeks ago when i was so hungover and she literally stuck her hand down my throat and showed me how to do it because i couldn't (laughs) She was like, pull the trigger, and pull the trigger, and I'll, now I know how. Amazing. I love that. It's yeah, it's a nasty, nasty thing to have to do, and it's like, but it's very similar to this butterfly effect or flourishing of sexuality, and yeah. in a city, in a space where we're able to do that, like, that's also mm-hmm. a huge factor. The ability to explore these things is something that, not everyone gets it's access like, it's such to. a privilege too i feel like we take that for fucking granted not just being in like a big metropolitan city where there's a lot of queer people but also being in a country where it's legal yeah and not i know incredibly frowned upon and yeah. have families that would ultimately love us for whatever exactly like, thinking we're about both really burpy right now yeah i know I'm burping a lot this is like some some uh we're getting it up it's we're getting it out yeah, our are, like, literally purging <laughs> yeah um and we ate black bean brownies so i'm like farting yeah so. oh my god <laughs> we're we're great right now whatever it's fine doesn't really have to pee okay let's pause okay okay so we had to take a break. <laughs> break slash weird <laughs> dance, like, blah, break. Because we're both feeling really, like, not uncomfortable, but, like, a little bit uncomfortable. Like, we're yeah. both moving through some shit where we're realizing, like, this is pretty vulnerable stuff that we're about to share and discuss. I just have so much respect for people who are, like... This is exactly, like, this is exactly who I am, and, like, people on dating profiles are, like, I am polyamorous, or, like, I am pan, or I am bi, or, like, really de- being defining with, how do you know? Like, how do you yeah. know exactly who you are Fucking without soul searching. just taking, like, what was given to you at birth? Yeah. Like, I've just gone with that forever. Like, Ugh. girl, female, woman, straight passing, so I'm straight. So I'm conventionally attractive or men will desire me. So I allow that to be my truth. Yeah. And just moving through, okay, monogamy. My parents are straight and together, just them. Okay, like that's what I'm going to do. Just like moving through all of that and then witnessing people who are so unapologetically like, no, like, I'm I'm this, this, and this. And you're like, what? I've never even, like, heard of that before. It's like, how do you get the courage to say exactly who you are and who you want to be? Because mm-hmm. by making that choice, you're losing a certain audience in that. Like, by bringing in queerness to mm-hmm. your equation, yeah, you will probably guaranteed lose a certain audience of, like, male validation straight men are 
intimidated by queerness, especially queerness in women, because if queerness in women isn't being done for the purpose of male gaze, like I'm, I'm like thinking about like how hard it is to find like lesbian porn that isn't for men, Mm -hmm. things like that. Mm -hmm. Like I was raised with monogamy shoved down my throat and like femininity shoved down my throat like you are a girl you Mm -hmm. must behave in this way Mm -hmm. because you're a girl you must seek boy like Mm -hmm. we are raised from such a young age to seek this therefore we grow up and even as like we become sexual and we start like understanding ourselves sexually I feel like I'm still in this phase where I'm like I've just been told my whole life that I'm a straight woman. Mm-hmm. So I've just believed that. Yeah. And I feel like there's been no room like for me to explore that. that. Just told ourselves. And I've never even questioned it for so long. I was just mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm attracted to men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I'm even thinking about my like last long-term partner. I remember this one time. He said something about the concept of like the cool gay when like people take on the like aesthetics and like culture of like queerness in order to be cool or like fit in you know how that's kind of a thing sometimes Mm -hmm. he was talking about that in relation to one of our friends and I remember some of the things he was saying were really not sitting well with me and I was like well like I don't know like sometimes I feel imposter syndrome about exploring my queerness how does that show up when I talk about my queerness with you and he was basically like well we have straight sex so I think of you as straight like you're straight to me and I remember just not knowing what to say or how to feel about that when he said that to me because it was just like end of conversation like we have penetrative like penis and vagina sex like we're in a hetero relationship therefore like you're straight to me end of discussion like that was that and that like shutting of that door for me I never brought it up with him again in our relationship I never felt comfortable talking about anything that came up for me regarding gender sexuality with him ever again because it became very clear to me that he viewed me in this one-dimensional way that suited his needs and benefited him. And yeah, I guess like maybe subconsciously or consciously ever since him and I had that conversation, we're no longer together, but now I think there's been a lot of imposter syndrome for me to try and like put myself out there because of the idea that like people just view me as straight and I have like penis and vagina penetrative sex therefore I'm a straight woman and that's that's there's what did you say earlier that's on period like like that's it period that was such a like old mom thing of you to do that was so cute what did you say earlier that's on period (laughs) (laughs) no but you're right it's like that's it end of discussion like No more questions asked. Yeah, because it was almost like, if that wasn't true, then it threatened him. Mm -hmm. And he had to, like, renegotiate, like, his role in the relationship or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It was fucking weird. Yeah, it was was threatening. I think it's also just, like, a weird territory when people feel entitled to define other people's gender and Mm. sexuality and like no one has that right no one has the right to tell you who you are or what you want or what you need or how you're gonna identify like that is just the epitome of entitlement yeah I think what like sits well with me in thinking about that is like Maybe not necessarily that no one has the right, but that you only have the right. Like, you you have the right to define yourself entirely. Oh, yeah. And in any fluid way you want, and it's this constant 
renegotiation and discussion that you get to have with yourself, but you fully have the right to do that. And everyone mm -hmm. has their own right to do that for themselves. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's not that no one has the right. It's mm -hmm. that the only one that has the right is you. Yeah. And everyone has that right. Mm-hmm. It could also be like a fear thing too. Like I'm even thinking like maybe this just comes back to like ownership. Mm. Like if if that was in me, that isn't something he could satisfy. Therefore, like he can't even think that that's in me because then like he doesn't possess the ability to like satisfy all of my desire. It just keeps making me think of like ownership. Mm -hmm. in love which is like yucky mm, yeah and straight men in our experience sometimes have issue with digesting these other facets so we hide them mm -hmm. and then by being upfront with about those things that are within us yeah like we said we're gonna lose that audience you're gonna we're lose that validation yeah that we've like been taught from a young age is very valuable to your self-worth mm -hmm. and self-value yeah so it seems very jarring another thing that we are taught to relate ourselves to men is that you're kind of supposed to like we are taught to feel like insecure yeah essentially around men you get butterflies and you get really nervous mm -hmm. and like you get these like intense physical sensations when you're around people and that can feel really hot and really exciting if you're like really into it but why and when were we taught to think that love equals anxiety and like those butterflies essentially come from a place of anxiety the hot steamy fast like oh it's this like really crazy love that's like I don't know I don't understand it it's like overwhelming and I'm like like I'm gonna throw up about it it's like no like let's get some fucking like sexy grounded like roots into the earth like these people like hold me up and fucking like stabilize me and make me feel seen as a yeah. multifaceted fucking being and you feel like a person around them not a woman in the heteronormative fucking yeah <laughs> but I don't yeah I don't want to be just this girl anymore that is looked at mm. I don't want to feel like I'm just looked at and no matter what I say on some level which is how I feel we have really maybe unknowingly and it's been more of a recent realization for me um, sort of curated our businesses and our like social media presence through threads and through Emma Jules to be I'm like this is the one space on social media where I really feel like I'm not being objectified and like this isn't for men to come into this space at yeah. all like this is for the girls this is for the gays this is for the theys like this is for everyone in between to just see someone flowing through seeing all the feelings like. yeah. yeah seeing things that they like but I think for me it was kind of unintentionally it really became that space and then whenever I actually had like a male <laughs> I feel like we talked about them as this alien like a, a straight male follow that page or start like viewing it I felt really threatened and I yeah. almost kind of wanted to be like can you not like I don't know, but I think that that a part of me is reckoning with, like, they can do whatever they want. It's just the value that I give to their gaze. It's mm -hmm. the value that I give to their eyes watching me. How does that, how do I relate to that? Because yeah. I could just be like, oh, like, you're here, like, okay. Yeah. That's fine. Of course it's fine. But for some reason it feels like an intrusion. Yeah. Because you've created this space. Yeah. Because, without that. Mm -hmm. And I worry, like what they're going to see and what they're going to think and at what point are they going to be like, okay, I'm, I lost interest because she's no longer what I thought she was. She's no longer like posting photos for me yeah. to see. Yeah. Like and then this... I lose that validation 
But that's also, like, exactly what I want to happen in the long term. (laughs) Yeah. No, I totally feel that. It's, yeah, like, going about your life as a person. And when you're, like, alone, you're not thinking about the fact that you're, like, maybe you are thinking about the fact that you're a woman, if that feels good. Yeah. But a lot of the time I'm just thinking of myself as a person until I'm in a dynamic where I'm, like, with, um, like a straight cis man mm-hmm. who sees me in like a sexual romantic way mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden I feel like a woman mm-hmm. which sometimes feels great but sometimes feels kind of icky and small yeah. and like like it has really strict walls that yeah. I need to live between and yeah. exist within but you know how and I feel like it's why do we know how why why there's there's something about it that's like really instantly gratifying too like it keeps coming back to that like quick yeah dopamine hit yeah similar to like getting likes on Instagram or whatever yes it's just so messy like it's so weird these dynamics and basically it just comes back to like being trained from such a young age that like men are from Mars women are from Venus exactly <laughs> men are from Mars women are from Venus and they have to either be sexual or not in each other's lives yeah. and they have to view each other in these like very strict limiting ways mm. and it sucks because there's so much in between and I think that's what that's what we're both interested in trying to figure out where that leaves us because like Mm -hmm. I love men but I also love all other people Mm -hmm. and even just like it feels really good in my body and like I get like an instant wave of acknowledgement and appreciation when someone refers to me as they or them Mm. but it's very rare because I'm like I'm a straight passing Mm -hmm. cis woman and you know our pronouns are very often assumed which is like not necessarily a bad thing everyone's usually doing their best usually Mm. but it does feel really good for me to like feel that and like it also feels really good for me to be referred to as she because I'm just used to it it's comfy it's cozy and I I love the like female aspects of myself but it's interesting to like exist in this space where I'm starting to notice that that feels really good but then it's like okay but Mm. that doesn't mean that all of a sudden I'm gonna cut all my hair off and rock a bowl cut and like go androgynous yeah like okay well I'm gonna Mm. identify this way that means I have to wear this say this look like this like bitch I don't owe anyone androgyny Mm -hmm. like I don't it's a site of a lot of imposter syndrome mm-hmm. to start to feel things in your body and not know how to say them because you don't want to be taking on a title that you don't feel qualified for in the yeah. same way as like we approach careers and work. Yeah. Like when can you call yourself this or that if yeah. you don't have the education and the experience to back Absolutely. it up? Like when do you just claim that title? And especially when, like you said, being considered straight for your whole life and being straight passing whatever the fuck that really looks like is like you know me reckoning with wanting to explore other titles for that and Mm -hmm. always finding a lot of like um recognition and solace in the like pansexuality Mm -hmm. but then exactly that at what point do I like decide to declare to the world that that's what that is or like who who deserves who do I owe that definition of myself to and I think it comes down to maybe you don't owe it to anyone but being able to fully paint a picture of yourself in a different way or tell yourself a slightly new story to step into a new role, you might have to... That's why we use words. That's why we have language, is to be able to see ourselves in those words. And that's why people find, I guess, a lot of power in... Naming. Naming, pronouns, sexuality, just your your name in general. Like, language. I think it's... Yeah, there's it, a it lot of be power. Really powerful. It's, it's a big... I think it's a... It's scary because it's a big commitment and it's making a choice that then ultimately 
is saying yes to one thing and saying no to other things. And it's reckoning with a, a loss, a potential loss. Yeah, it's saying yes to some things and no to other things, but it can also just be yes and. Mm. I don't think it has to be so yes, no. Sometimes it is, because sometimes you're like, I don't identify with that anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm going to like let that stay in the past. And that's powerful. Shedding mm-hmm. is powerful. But it can also mean yes and. Like, I am this and I'm that. And I feel like gatekeeping happens because there are a lot of people that have dealt with the like uncomfortable really hard really transformative really awkward confusing times of like Mm -hmm. coming into their sexuality and then there's like people that maybe just like take advantage of the aesthetics where they enter they can enter the space and leave the space exactly and and leave and then the people that are in it are like i can't actually leave this space yeah because this is fully who I am. And I can see the frustration with people who... Totally. Are we yelling? I think so. Probably. We're both fucking crazy right now. <laughs> like, this conversation, I did not... We have so much to get out. Last time we it's recorded, we were just chilling. But this, this time... Been building in us for, like, years. It's, like, kind of an interesting experience to talk about this. In the confines of Emma's bedroom, sitting on the bed together looking at each other, talking like we do all the time. But to know that our voices are going to be recorded and put out there and we don't know who's going to hear this. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about love month. We're talking about love and relationships. Like, we don't know how personal this shit's going to get. Mm-hmm. And we're aware of that. We have people in our life that have shaped our experience and we have a lot to owe to them for who we are. But it also means that, like, we're going to be talking about some vulnerable shit, not just for us, but also for these people that, like, may potentially hear this. And, like, this is also, like, our project. Like, we're trying to dive into ourselves and in that, like... In an unapologetic there's way. There's so that's... much vulnerability yeah. in being unapologetic about discussing your relationships mm-hmm. and having it be a site where you can, like, unravel yourself. The energy shift that just came with that I don't know if you felt that but I just felt like so much more grounded in like putting that out there that that's exactly how we're feeling like yeah. that's what this like squirrely nerves kind of thing yeah is. it's vulnerability it's exactly that and we've we've been even saying when we were taking our break how we're feeling a little yeah right how we're feeling a little like, oh, I'm, I don't know if I'm really speaking well or am I explaining myself right or like what am I even saying? And I think that's such a huge part of it is to be able to see ourselves struggling and dealing with this messy uncomfortability because it anything that's happening for the first time is messy. And yeah, that's okay. Because then too, like I'm sitting here talking about all this stuff and how we feel about men, but like I'm just going to play the devil's advocate here and say that like there are a lot of good men out there that are grappling with their own shit Mm -hmm. you know and like trying to find spaces where they can speak about this shit too and and understanding their their own yeah their femininity and And their queerness our masculinity exactly it's it's the same fucking speech in different languages yeah it's just like at the end of the day, everyone wants to be able to feel like they can be their authentic self without having to patch in it, pa- package it in a way that's digestible and mm-hmm. consumable and attractive. Because we've all been conditioned that X means X and Y means Y. And mm-hmm. therefore, you need, to, you need to seek this in order to be enough. Mm-hmm. You need to find Thank worthiness. Thank you for bringing it back to that. I feel like I was ready to like keep going in like a direction that was not (laughs) feeling like it was gonna be it was just like going up up and up and I was like in my mind I was literally like oh my god I'm giving like so much energy to talking about men but then also my like women's studies brain being like I literally had a moment where I was like I was literally like abolish men like just like completely like you just like drop them out of your life completely like that's the only answer like that's that's where I went but then yeah but then there's like this part of me that's like there's also a lot of like I feel safety in like men in my life like there's I like there's a lot of great men in my life there's there's a lot of love there beautiful about like those people yeah because those people that are 
that source of security and safety and like that person that you feel like even though it's uncomfortable and icky like to talk about you can have these conversations and they will accept you it might take some time and there might be Mm -hmm. fear there but you will eventually feel (sighs) safe with that that is really beautiful and if they're men that's great if they're not that's great but like it's also making me think about how we have had so much space for our female friendships for our love of our friendships oh let's get back to that like we we have talked so much in this evening about like men and like sexual relationships and romance and dating but I also feel like we have spent so much time recently collectively really prioritizing our friendships beautiful wonderful amazing friends people that literally choose you choose you to be in their life to show up for to have chats with to spend time with to be close to and they're not expecting you to be anything other than yourself because Mm. if they wanted you to be someone else they'd go fucking find a new friend like your friends literally just love you for who you are and us both of us like being the type of people that have had these like long relationships kind of always to be in this like state of singleness and oh. even the concept of being single is so weird because like aren't we always fucking single we're one person <laughs> like why do we like i'm single i'm not single like mm-hmm. anyway whatever mm-hmm. um but in this place where we're not giving 100 percent of our energy to someone else all the time yeah. is like we're able to give that energy to our friendships and like yes we're sitting here recording a fucking podcast with each other. I know, in what world? Yeah, because we have the energy and space to do mm-hmm. so. And we're going to get a van. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to buy a van and travel in our van because we want to make memories together. Because I want to say that I spent my 26th year and potentially more devoted to my closest friends and embracing those relationships and buying a van and traveling in it and camping in it and building it as like a little home with a friend and not with a partner because I have the rest of my life to do that. I like I'm it gives me so much joy to think about like the commitment that comes in that too. We invest in a van. <laughs> we and to fix it up, we commit to each other. Mm-hmm. We're and committing to travel and then spend time and like all of that shit. Like it's something that I feel like you could do with a partner, like in a different sometimes for some reason seems like maybe more easier, but like I I don't I, I, I don't have any explanation. I don't think I need an explanation to be able to say like I wanna do it with friends right now. Yeah. Well, and I wanna learn those skills and I wanna like I just want that so bad. But that's part of you feeling whole, I think. Yeah. Which is yeah, it's so beautiful. And I feel like our friendships sometimes like get undervalued because it's mm-hmm. not this like crazy big dramatic love story. But like essentially if we start looking at it, if we take sex out of the picture like friendships are love stories like our friends that live across the world and we stay in touch and we write them postcards and birthday cards and talk on the phone and send them pictures and ask them what's up and like reconnect whenever we get the chance it is a love story it really is like I'm thinking about like my friend Amelie or like all these people that are like all over the globe and like same to you, like friends that are all over the world that you love so dearly. And like, maybe you don't talk to them all the time, but like that is a love story because you come back together when you can and you care and you think about them, you know? And like, we just don't count it as such because we don't 
we don't have like a sexual relationship with them. Mm-hmm. And there's not like an end goal where I feel like with relationships, the end goal is like we either get married or we don't. Yeah. With your friends, it's like, no, like this is the relationship the this whole forever. time. Like, yeah. You, you decide every day if you're going to like maintain it or not. And it's like renegotiable at all times, depending on how you act or sometimes if you're like, Oh, I'm going to marry them. And then it's like, we're just together no matter what happens or no matter what we do. It's like, and then doesn't that just come back to what we were talking about, about like the hot and heavy, like intense romance where it's like really, really stimulating, but maybe not sustainable. And then like with your friends, it's like a, slow and steady deep forming reliable love yes like that is that like secure comforting love that doesn't produce anxiety and the thing too Mm. is like with your friends if your friends are giving you anxiety you you're able to detach in a different way it's not this big like we're gonna break up well maybe you are like take breaks you can take breaks back to each other it's more fluid oh it's so much more fluid yeah but and like yeah there's such thing as friend breakups if you like have a falling out or whatever but like a lot of the time it's like oh i'm just gonna like take space for a little bit because i know that that's what this relationship needs right now Mm. this like long-term sustainable love needs this space Mm. and then with our romantic relationships it's like you need space you don't love me anymore i'm lesser this is not working like it's so much more intense all the time you're speaking to me right now but then too it's like kind of beautiful sometimes when we're really fucking intense and hot and heavy and just like can't stop touching each other Okay, let's pull a card. Yeah, I just really felt drawn to pick these babies up. This conversation has been really windy. Windy. Very windy. But I do genuinely feel like we covered mostly everything that we want to talk about. Like, I feel like I don't really have much to say. Is our takeaway? Why am I feeling like tired? Mm, I'm exhausted. I think this conversation was also like difficult for us. It was, and maybe a little bit draining. And I don't think that's a negative thing. I think that's just like a sign that it was new waters. Yeah. In a way, to really like kind of get there. Oh, what do we got? We got two. Okay. Well, we got more than two, but it was really these two that popped up, so we're going to go with those ones. Oh, I love the Empress. Yeah. Okay, so we pulled the Empress. Love her. The Empress is creative energy embodied. Think Mother Earth, endlessly producing and procreating. This card asks you to reconnect with your nurturing divine feminine archetype to nurture your sensuality and celebrate your fierce capacity to love and grow. Mm. The Empress makes things happen within and without. This is your moment to see your passions realized, to give and receive equally. Oh my God. What's the theme? The sign slash planet is Venus. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Fertility, pleasure, creativity, abundance. By being receptive and generously giving of love, I unleash my inner goddess. Yes. <gasps> yes, please. Oh, such a fucking validating card. I love her. I love her. I love that we just pulled her after this Okay, crazy... and now the Page of Swords. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> I love the expression on your face. I love... Uh, the pages are so wonderful okay the page of swords represents a person or energy at the very beginning stages of an exciting new idea (laughs) the light bulb moment 
without necessarily having the plan for making it happen. You have a great opportunity to learn something new. Embrace new concepts. Ask questions, especially those starting with why. Don't be confrontational or judgy with your thoughts or words. You still have a lot to learn. Can represent Gemini, Libra, or Aquarius. Whoa. Your Venus, my moon, and my sun. What the fuck? I'm a proud perpetual student and I expand my mind more every day. So that's like beautiful because the Empress <laughs> was there to just like really ground us and remind us of our abundance and like return to love. And then the Page of Swords is here to be like, hey, also you're at the beginning of a really new exciting venture without necessarily having the plans yet for making it happen. And we're I just love talking that about it. Because that's just like, it's okay, you guys. Mm-hmm. It's okay that you're at a loss for words and you're like jumbling your words. Mm-hmm. And that's. You're, you're trying. We're trying. That's what this pod is. We're literally just trying. We're, it's that's not the bloom perfect. pod. Yeah. It's the space to attempt to bloom. We're yeah. Little, our little sprouts are starting. Yeah. The seed is opening. I also love that we are starting with this episode because this is some hard shit to talk about, but it's going to be an interesting journey to watch us evolve and like mm. record it. Yeah. And put it out there and be able to return to this and maybe like look back and be like, on, you know, but I'm like, totally thinking the same. I thought. love that. Yeah. And I love the concept of just like, I don't know, love month and mm-hmm. celebrating love in all of its forms. Mm-hmm. And I'm really glad that we brought it back to celebrating friendship. Cause that's what is, Although not always on my mind because romance is always kind of like a tricky thing that I'm still kind of, you know, reckoning with. What I want to commit myself to is is friendship. How do we, how do we bl- bloom away? Bloom it away. <laughs> day by day. <laughs> you move. Oh my God. I'm so excited to hear her again. Emotion. We love you. We love Happy you. Happy Love Month.